Give glory to God. We thank Him so much for yet another lovely Tuesday morning. I believe that whoever is listening to my voice this morning is doing very well by the grace of God. And so we want to thank God for a minute. We want to appreciate God for His goodness and His loving kindness. Open your mouth wherever you are and give thanks to God. Rebel I balize lu grondova legre de bregede, bashandu regede brekapai, impalele bragadis i bregeme kuranta branda dam brandeges. We are grateful unto you, O God, for the gift of life. We are grateful unto you, O God, that we slept last night, and Father, you sustain us. We lay down to sleep, and Father, we woke because you sustained us. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. Marebo Sanda da Bahai, Irogo Vorogo Borogo, Bashimi and Bali Gada, Basundo Rabahai. May your name forever be praised. May your name forever be worshipped. May your name forever be worshipped. Last week, our elder Nahum introduced us to a powerful series that we'll be looking at for the couple of weeks ahead of us. And he has captioned the foundational teachings of our faith. This week I'm privileged to, 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 to wear his big shoes and, and attempt to teach an aspect of the total subject. I want to once again thank Elder Nahum so much for this great opportunity. Now Bible says in Psalm 11 verse 3 that if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? What this means is that if the foundation is destroyed, there's nothing that you can achieve. So it is very imperative for us to look at this subject and then get ourselves deeply rooted and grounded. As someone having a civil engineering background, I can tell you for a fact that if any building project you see, about 15% or more of the contract sum, of the entire sum used to, to, to build a building, goes into the ground as foundation. Because it is a foundation that receives the load of the building. It is a foundation that sustains the building. So it is a good thing for us to be looking at the foundational doctrines of our faith because it is that that will sustain us as Christians. So quickly let us look at the anchor scripture for our study, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and 2, which reads, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of the doctrines of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead and of the eternal judgment. Now, in construction processes, we have something we call underpinning. Anytime that the foundation of a building is becoming weak, or maybe the purpose of the building is, is, is to be changed and therefore the load would increase, we do something we call underpinning. We go, we, we support the building, uh, we give it a temporary support, and then we go into the foundation and we make it right. So, 
in a couple of weeks we would seek to do something that I, I, I call underpinning. We are going to make our foundations right. All of us, we're going to have a discussion that will make our foundations right. You see, we are looking at repentance for today. Repentance is the first mention among the six. Which means that without it, nothing can even be built. So, repentance is even more important than your faith. Because without repentance, your faith is invalid. Anytime you are studying any piece of scripture, it is very important for you to put, you know, to put, put in mind two things. What produces what you are studying and the results of what you are studying. Under the old covenant, you, you see repentance several times. And the Hebrew words are Naham and Shab. Naham is very onomatopoetic in nature. It, it simply means difficult in breathing, difficult, uh, uh, difficult in breathing, panting, you know, shining, groaning. And it simply means lamenting and grief. And Shab, on the other hand, is the change of mind. But it's very imperative for us to know that most of the Old Testament addresses on the subject of repentance does not refer to repentance that leads to eternal life but just repentance that relieve that would that would lead to the people of israel being relieved of some sort of temporal punishment some sort of death and destruction so in many instances the nation israel will sin the lord will, will, will ask them to repent they repent and the repercussion of the sin will be lifted whether they are being enslaved whether they are they are having certain plagues it will be lifted but those things were temporal so anytime you see repentance in the old testament many a times it does not relate or connote to connote to repentance that leads to eternal life but repentance that leads to just temporal relief from certain punishments there are just about three or, or more a few just a few instances that you see repentance in the old testament that actually is referring to that which leads to eternal life when 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 you read Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6, the Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray. All we are sheep are on the wrong path. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now, we all are sheep are on the wrong path. And repentance is just a change of the mind. So how then do we change our mind? The scripture continues to read that, And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So what produces that change of mind is the laying on of me you and i our iniquities upon jesus when you read genesis chapter 15 verse 6 the bible says that and he believed in the lord and it was accounted to him for repent for, for righteousness that is abraham so what actually produced the righteousness of abraham was not works was not faithfulness but the faith he had in god Many instances of the Old Testament teaching on repentance is that which is true faithfulness. But in the case of Abraham in, in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6, it's talking about the case of faith, grace, true faith, that leads to what genuine repentance. You know, there are two, there are three main words that are used to refer to repentance in Greek. The first one is metamelomia, which is just the change of mind that produces regret or remorse, but not necessarily a change of heart or a change of attitude. It's just a change of mind that, that will make you remorseful. And that was the case of Judas. 
when Judas realized that he had, he had betrayed Jesus, he returned the silver. He was remorseful. But he was about himself. I have done something that is wrong. And we see in Matthew 27 verse 5, Judas hanging himself. He was remorseful to the point that he hanged himself. There's a wrong kind of repentance. And the other one is metanoio, which is a change of mind as a result of an after knowledge of uh, 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 an impending danger because of one action. So, for example, you 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 want to you are you are going to sleep with someone. Excuse me to use that example. You're going to fornicate with someone, and the person just at the verge of doing it. The person is like, "Oh, I have HIV." You will definitely not proceed with the act because you are afraid of the danger. You are afraid of the adverse repercussion that you would have. That, that that doesn't mean that necessarily you have changed your heart concerning the act that you are seeing that what you are going to do is wrong and therefore you have to stop it but it's just because of the danger that you are being exposed to that is why you are you are retrieving not necessarily you changing at heart but the kind of repentance we'll be discussing in in, in our discussion today is metanoia which is the repentance that produces life and purpose it is a change in spirit that leads to a change in mind that results in a change in how one acts. So it's a change in the heart, a change in spirit. All the other repentance we've talked about are as superficial. It is just physical. You, you just see it's just emotions. It's at the level of emotions and, and at the level of grief. But this kind of repentance, metanoia, is a change in the spirit and this is what produces a change in the mind and a change in how one acts this kind of repentance is is attained through an inward faith and trust in god and the, the outward nature of love and newness as a sin so we will look at certain examples of of of, of what we want what, what we are talking about of genuine repentance it is very important essential for us to know that when we talk about genuine repentance no man can repent by himself so i would not be afraid to say that you don't repent you get to repent in romans chapter 2 verse 4 bible says that or do you despise the riches of his goodness forbearance and suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leads you to repentance the Romans chapter 2 verse 4, Apostle Paul is saying that the forbearance, the long-suffering, and the goodness of God is what produces this kind of repentance that we are talking about. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. It is granted. This kind of repentance is not, is, is, you, don't, you, don't, you don't do it. You are it. You get it. It is granted by God. In Acts chapter 11 verse 18, Bible says that when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. So the repentance that leads to life is only granted by God. It's only granted by God. The repentance that leads to life is only granted by God. So when Jesus came and he was preaching about repentance, Bible says that he, Jesus was preaching that repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus himself, he, 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 himself, he came not to condemn, 
but he came to call sinners unto repentance. So what that means is that until Jesus calls you, you cannot repent. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 13, I believe, Bible says that for I did not come, Jesus talking says, he did not come to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. So this kind of repentance we are talking about is only attained when Jesus calls you. See, many a times when we are talking about repentance, we are associated with, with hellfire and condemnation. But when Jesus himself came and walked the earth and preached repentance, he never associated it to any of the above. But rather, he said he associated it to the coming kingdom of God. So the question then is, what comprises this kingdom that Jesus was preaching about? In, in Matthew 4, verse 17, Jesus, Bible says that from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the need for repentance was because the kingdom was at hand. Then we ask ourselves, what then comprises the kingdom? Is it hell, fire, and condemnation? The answer is a big no. Bible says that in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, Bible says that for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus was preaching repentance in the days where he was, the Pharisees and the scribes had a mindset that their own good works could lead to them being right with God. But Jesus was telling them that repent, change your thinking. There's a new dimension there's a new way of doing things that there's a new there's a new there's a new kingdom there's a new system coming so change your thinking and this was seen being played in the in 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 in, in the story of the woman caught in adultery when 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 you take a critical look at the woman being caught in adultery in john chapter 8 verse 1 to 12 the the, the scribes and the pharisees they wanted to take jesus so they brought the woman they claim of they claim to have caught in adultery to Jesus and they really wanted to condemn the woman but they could not because of their own flaws and Jesus could have condemned the woman because he's perfect but he would not because of his many mercies and grace so the kingdom that Jesus was preaching about when 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 you read the the, 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 the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter 6, the Bible says that for thy, your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily and forgive us our trespasses. So Jesus was saying that repent for there's a new system coming that God is the one that produces for man and he's the one that forgives man. So Jesus then says to the woman that where are the accusers? There was no one. So he, she, she, she told the woman, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So that power for the woman to repent was derived from the word go and sin no more. So when you are aware that God does not condemn you, actually that is when genuine repentance is produced. Because Jesus did not come to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. In John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, Bible, talk, Bible talks about that. See, beloved, consciousness of sin produces remorse, yes? But it's not, remorse is just a, the emotions, it's, it's just an emotion and it's temporal. 
But consciousness of the grace of God is what fuels repentance. So in the issue of Judas, you know, Judas was remorseful. But he wasn't conscious of the fact that Jesus was going to hang on the tree to watch the very sin that he had committed. Irrespective, despite he being the one who betrayed Jesus. But you see, Peter, on the other hand, had a different experience. So we want to look at the, 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 the story of Peter and Jesus and how Peter received repentance as a gift from God. We want to quickly look at Luke chapter 22 verse 61. Bible says that, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, Behold, the rooster crows, he will deny me three times. So after Peter had denied Jesus, Jesus turned to look at Peter, even on the cross. Even when he was weak, physically, he turned and looked at Peter, I believe with a with, with lot of love in his eyes, when Peter denied him. And that was what resulted in Peter repenting. See, after Jesus had died, when the apostles returned to fishing, Jesus revealed himself to them and they were fishing. They had gone back to their past sins. But the approach Jesus used is what we have to emphasize when we are teaching on repentance. He was so calm, he was so calm and soothing. See, Jesus, according to the scripture in John chapter 21, Jesus came and then he, 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 he called them, have you got anything? Though they had gone back to where he called them from. And they, they, they said, if, if you have the time, read John chapter 21, the whole of John chapter 21, especially from verse 15 to 22. And they had caught nothing. And Jesus, instructed them to cast the net to where they would cut fish and that was Jesus pro- pro- granting provision unto people who have rebelled against his will and when they came to meet Jesus from, from the sea when Jesus was ashore Jesus had already prepared fish and meat for them and what you have to know is that the fire that Jesus lighted would also give them wealth you see the interesting part of it is that John chapter 21 verse 50 to 22 Peter who had betrayed Jesus Peter who had gone back to fishing Jesus comes appears to that the apostles and then calls Peter to him as if Peter did nothing he never made reference of what Peter did but he rather gave Peter an instruction and then rather told Peter to follow him, to repent, to follow him. And Peter did so. It was after Jesus had called Peter to follow him again that he was able to follow God. Now in the case of the structure of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 verse 17 to 20, we realize that after the son went and then wallowed in his ways and messed his life up, he came to his senses. So it is very imperative for us to come to ourselves, to see God, to see ourselves as how God sees us. Not as sinners, but one who 
who, who have a merciful, full of mercy, Father, worthy and loving Father. The, the focus is not your flaws, but it's about Christ's goodness and mercy. So the son, the Bible says that the son arose and came to the father. When his, when his mind envisioned how good his father was, he, he, he arose and came to his father. So until you, you, your mind is fixed on how great, how good your father is, and the possibility of your father accepting you back, you will never arise and go to him. In the verse 21 and 22 of Luke chapter 15, in the story of the prodigal son, Bible says that, and a son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father, Bible says that, but the father said to him, servant, bring out the best rope and put it on him, and put a ring on his head and sandals on his feet. See, whilst the son was talking about how he has sinned and magnifying his sin, focusing on his sin, telling his father his sin, the father was focusing on restoring him. He never, the father never talked about his sins, but rather he restored him. See, when you read the account, while the son was still from afar, the father saw him. It means that the father was expecting him. Not only that, but he ran to hug him and kiss him. It is very important for you to note that the father didn't wait for the son to be to to bath. He, the son definitely would have, would be looking wretched. He had eaten the he was serving in in a pig. He was serving pigs. He was eating pig food, so definitely he would be looking wretched and smelly. But this father never bothered about the smelliness of the son and the wretchedness of the son. He hugged him in his death and kissed him. And after he cleaned him, so. God hugs us in our debt and kisses us. And that is what produces sanctification and, 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 and holiness. Hallelujah. Bible says in Acts chapter 5 verse 31 that him God has exalted who is right hand to be prince and savior to give repentance to Israel. And forgiveness of sins. If you want genuine repentance, look to Jesus, the exalted one. If you look at the exalted Jesus, repentance, change in mind that produces a change in attitude, will be your portion. See, nevertheless, besetting sins do not mean you are not saved. We grow in the Lord. We grow in repentance just as we grow in faith and every other spiritual virtue. See, when someone directs you to the right path, it doesn't mean that you are not going to face obstacles and hurdles. But so far as you keep your mind fixed on Jesus, fixed on the destination, you would fall in hurdles. Hurdles would, would, would be obstacles to you. You fall in potholes. But you would definitely get to the destination that is required of you. See, full-blown sanctification is attained with time through the Holy Spirit. It is important for you to know that, you know, for, for, you see, turning around to, 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 to Jesus is only achieved when you consider, when you focus on God's goodness and not your sins. 
Now to end, when the, the man that is, 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 we are talking about here, according to Jude 24 and 25, Bible says that to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to our God and Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. So Jesus is able to keep you from falling. And it is He that causes you to repent. Put your trust in Him. Keep believing in His goodness. Don't give up on yourself. Magnify the loving kindness of God. And that would cause your sins, your mistakes, and your faults to diminish. May the Lord bless and keep you. Amen.